All right. Welcome back, everybody. We're back with episode four of Good Chem Pod, this time with Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, it's our first anime. Steve's first anime ever. Yeah, and I do not think he liked it. I think this movie was a lot of people's first anime. Uh, My opinion of the movie is still the same, and spoiler alert, I did not like it. You give two spoiler alerts during that, but you actually keep spoiling it over and over again. Oh, during the episode? (laughs) Yeah. You have this habit now of introducing a negative opinion as a spoiler alert, which is, I think it's funny. I think it's because I'm such a positive person. You just don't want to let our audience down. You know a lot about anime. This is like Ben's episode to shine. This might be a science episode, but it's really an art episode, to be honest. I'm an anime, or I was an anime nerd. I'm not really one anymore. That never leaves you. Well, I hope you enjoy the episode. Yeah, have fun. in the shell was an interesting movie and it was actually steve's first time watching anime steve had never watched any anime before he is not an anime watcher oh he did not like it (laughs) (laughs) we watched the english dub okay and his biggest gripe which i understand was that the mouths didn't match up with what was being Uh, said mm. that's just a product of anime that's just the way it is i mean yeah it's funny, I anticipated that we would get into a dub or subs conversation about this movie. Oh man, I couldn't find a sub. Mm. The only one that was available to me was a dub and I was really upset because I, I don't know, I, I spoiler alert, I did not like this movie, mainly because mm. I didn't understand it. Mm. But I think one of the reasons why I didn't like it was also because it was a dub and I usually love watching anime and subs. Mm-hmm. I didn't even bother to check. I mean, you did Amazon, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, me too. When it comes to subbing or dubbing, I prefer subs. But if I have already seen the movie in dubbing, I cannot go to watching it in subs. Uh, general, or I can. I just prefer. Like it's whatever I first encountered it as, because that is how I remember the movie. That's my preference. Yeah, that was for um, Spirited Away, right? I think I watched it for the first time with you. Yeah, you love that movie. Yeah, it was such a good movie. But you mm. you introduce it to me with. The dub, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what you saw it as. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Miyazaki movies dubbed, unfortunately, because that's what happens when you're a young kid and you get interested in anime. But yeah, like a lot of shows, like when I was watching anime in high school, Bleach and stuff like that, I would watch it with subs. I want to watch more anime. It's on my list of Mm -hmm. things to do, but it's so hard to, because I like watching them with subs. Mm -hmm. And so I can't multitask when I do Mm -hmm. it. I was like, why don't I just learn Japanese so I can watch this anime and crochet at the same time? Well, hopefully over the course of this episode, I will be able to change your mind about this movie and the Ghost in the Shell universe so that you can watch the show afterwards. (laughs) Oh, there's a show. (laughs) Yeah, this is what I am set out to do over the course of this recording. Well, so I guess this is technically the the science movie we're supposed to be watching, but yeah. I feel like I have nothing, not a lot to add. And obviously you enjoy this movie and love anime, but mm. this would be your realm to summarize it. It is mine. And this is where I'm all like, I'm just going to blow her mind just by telling her <laughs> what this movie is about, because the do movie it. does a really bad job at telling you what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> Well, try not to pull in too much from the TV show. Oh, no, I don't I don't have to. Okay. Ghost in the Shell is set in a cyberpunk future where technology has become so advanced that it's created like a host of problems associated with it. 
the story follows Matoko Kusanagi, who is the head of a special police task force that focuses on cyber crimes called Section 9, focusing on all the kinds of criminal activity associated with the cyberization of human beings. This movie and the series, it deals with a lot of like really high level uh, crime, I guess, like espionage and like CIA kind of level shit foreign governments all sorts of stuff that it's like already add like another layer to making it pretty hard to understand like i find that kind of content pretty difficult to understand and regular movies that don't have crazy robots everywhere (laughs) that's pretty much what this movie is about and then yeah matoko being intrigued by the puppet master and eventually helping him or them by merging with their identity at the end of the movie Mm. it's about like robots gaining like sentience essentially i think it's about if ex machina is about this happening in our time the idea of the robot happening this movie is about it being so far past that like hundreds of years past that where the lines between humans and machines have become totally blurred you know Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I get that. I think when I was reading the summary or uh, synopsis of the movie, it did mention something about the advancement of technology to the point where like gender is not even known or you know distinguished. I was just confused because I didn't think that was even a big plot point of the movie. Like that didn't matter. The movie does not do a good job at setting up the world <laughs> that that mm-hmm. this is about. You really get the sense that this was for people who are very familiar with the source material. You know, so much. Mm-hmm shorthand so much not communicated or clarified by the movie so i i understand your frustration the first time i saw it i've seen this movie probably a couple times and i remember watching it this time i was like man the first time i watched this i did not know what was going on and i did not like it spoiler alert yes i probably already said spoiler alert (laughs) so many spoiler alerts wait so did you read the manga then no no i haven't read the manga because i was gonna ask where this movie ghost in the shell falls compared to like the manga series if this movie started is like plopping you in in like the third book or something oh i don't know where it relates in the manga series no i don't know i'm much more familiar with the tv show so is the tv show like a prequel or sequel or like following after the movie or before no it's before it's much more of a procedural kind of like a criminal minds-esque series set in this world where matoko and her team encounter crimes and solve them the show does a much better job of showing you the world of ghost in the shell and like all the different kinds of cyber crimes that exist and a lot more about the characters and like why they act the way they do and also the structure of the government the manga is is mostly about this character the puppet master and it leading matoko into this new direction of being post-human where she has augmented herself so far as to have adapted another other intelligence you know a sentient intelligence into herself the way that the movie ends you know i think she has a line where she's all like i'm no longer matoko and i'm no longer the puppet master i'm something entirely different Mm -hmm. that's like the main theme i think of of the movie and the manga is this post-human future that is created by technology and the increased prevalence of cyberization so far that it becomes you know a part of people's bodies and part of people's minds Hmm. okay i mean my main issue is the whole movie (laughs) <laughs> um, we've already indicated i just like could not follow what the fuck was happening like i didn't know who the bad guy was start out with like that one guy getting murdered or like mm. not murdered and then it's like section nine section six and i was like who are the bad guys i didn't know who was that guy at the beginning that they were trying to protect and how was he important so a big plot 
point in the movie is that Section 6 is at odds with Section 9. Section 9 is the police task force. They're the good guys that are responsible for addressing cyber crimes. And in that first scene, they're butting heads with like the Foreign Affairs Department because there is this hacker who is seeking asylum. It just like paints this world that like, you know, cyberization is not only a civil issue with citizens committing crimes. It's also about um, conspiracy theory. What's it called? Espionage. Not espionage. Corruption in in the government. Um, And I also think it mirrors this situation at the end with the puppet master. He basically does the same thing, except that he's an artificial intelligence. He's asking for asylum and similarly is being pursued or controlled by Section 6. You learn that Section 6 is responsible or in some way responsible for the puppet master and has lost control of him. Mm. I really like the moments in the movie where you learn more about the world that isn't as steeped in this this heavy plot of the characters or like I really like the scene where one of the other agents used the pressure plates to determine that someone had snuck into the facility. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot more of what happens in the TV show. There's all these little like instances where the technology brushes up against the law and you see like different facets of different things that are operating in that world and it really helps flesh out the world. Mm. The team, every you learn more about the team and everybody on the team is just so clever and adept at their jobs they're just like amazing yeah i feel like i would enjoy them the tv series especially because you've used criminal minds as a reference point i love criminal minds (laughs) that was manipulation I think the movie definitely is visuals first. I think it's most fondly remembered for being the creative world that it is. That aspect flattering the medium of animation. It can represent all these things in the animation that are really difficult to represent in traditional film. And then it happened to be a movie that crossed into the global market and became very popular in the West. Ghost in the Shell is credited as one of the movies to introduce contemporary anime into Western culture. Mm. But I also remember reading that it's not that well liked in japan they're kind of mad about it <laughs> that's so interesting the ones that they're mad about are like so big in the western mm-hmm. world so i think that there's lots of things that are topical and could be talked about most importantly this idea of cyberization right mm, go on in this future of ghost in the shell most people in the world have augmented their bodies in some way with some kind of technology they have they have cyber brains they have these hookups at the back of their neck they're communicating via telepathy <laughs> Mm. And there are also some of them are superhuman. And I think because this is focused on such like a high level government agency, it's a very narrow representation. I want to communicate to you that characters like Matoko, who are that cyberized and superhuman heroes, they're not common. Not everybody is like that, you know? Hmm. But like in the Ghost in the Shell world, people do exist and have some sort of cyberization, just not to that level. Yeah. One of the main types of cyber crimes that this movie presents is that people are susceptible to being hacked having their brains stolen erased they introduced some characters who had their memories erased and memories implanted all sorts of nefarious things that that can happen to humans for various criminal reasons but humans can get hacked if they're cyberized or like can they be hacked even if they're not cyberized no no only cyber brains but i think the movie presents that cyberization is so common that it is that many people are susceptible to it that portion with like the cyber hacking reminded me of that rick and morty episode with mr poopy butthole did you watch it (laughs) yes okay yes love love that one (laughs) 
But essentially the same thing where it was like that virus that was implanting all these memories. That garbage man thought he had a wife, thought he was calling the wife who was a bachelor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there are cyber crimes. That makes sense. If technology exists, then it can definitely be hacked. And so the underlying crime that's happening is just these bad guys hacking humans. And that's mm-hmm. what the major, that's what her unit fights against. Yeah. So do you have any interest in that? Like cyberization? I go back and forth. I think yes, because I'm very excited for technology and the capabilities it can provide people. Mm -hmm. But also no, given kind of what the movie was showing that, you know, there are bad guys that can hack into any sort of technology and cause chaos. Mm -hmm. So it is definitely a, a fine line to tread. What about you? No, just the idea of something metal being a part of my body makes me... (laughs) (laughs) I really don't like the idea of being augmented in that way. I guess I would ask, you know, how realistic is this? You know, we have things that touch on it in our world. There was Google Glass. Of course, all the science that go into prosthetics, medical devices. I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, the kind of surgeries when people do have things inside of their body that aren't human. Mm. But on the whole, I would say it's something that scares me. I'm not interested in it entirely. Yeah, I mean, I think that's totally fair. I actually just saw an article recently. They just created a robot that could respond to your brain signals. So it was kind of like this gigantic metal contraption where like there were things on your head that were obviously Mm. getting your brain signals and it could make this arm move and do whatever it is it needed to do, which is like so crazy. That's like the most interesting thing about prosthetics. You can have someone say who's like an amputee, like say their arm is cut off from like the elbow down and they can get a prosthetic arm attached to them that could look like an arm but how would you be able to signal to the hand to do whatever it is you need to do and I think that's like so cool that people are figuring that out that you can connect this prosthetic to your brain waves and have your brain communicate to this foreign object to do whatever it is you need it to do mm-hmm. I definitely think in cyberizing or whatever it would be really beneficial for people who are disabled and it could make things a lot more accessible for them for sure yeah I agree that's a part of the technology that I'm interested in and I'd love to see. I think the movie kind of glosses over a lot of things. Things that are not well communicated in the movie about Matoko and the world that they're living in that you wouldn't know unless you watch the show or read the manga, but they're kind of referenced to. Not only is Matoko like incredibly cyberized, but her backstory is that she was in uh, an accident when she was a small child. And so she had to start using a prosthetic body very early on as a young, young girl. So not only is she like extremely attuned to the experience of being in a cyber body and like controlling one she is also very aware that there's not much human about her anymore you know Mm. another thing that's in the movie that is only touched on for her character is that her body is a model produced by a company and i don't think it's communicated well in the medium of animation but she sees other people that look just like her in the world and the puppet master is also meant to look almost exactly like her except for the blonde Mm. hair which further intensifies her confusion or her questions about her identity or feeling like she's losing her sense of identity. Mm, yeah. Which are all important questions to think about when you think about like cyberization in that way of, of reaching that point, that post-human point. Yeah. 
When I think about this kind of stuff where you have basically a soul inside a robot, like how do you tackle that problem? Like how do you take someone's essence? How do you define a soul? Yeah. In this situation, the major, her body has changed throughout time. Like she's in a robotic model, but her essence has been shifted between each one. And even in the end of the movie, she's in like a child body. But so like in real life, if you were to create this type of technology, how would you capture, like how would we capture Ben? You know, like your soul, your your mm-hmm. memory, your brain, and everything. Like, there's no way to do that. These movies, as science fiction as they are, they're, that's one of the limitations, I think, that in real life we'd never be able to get. You would never be able to capture someone's soul. It could be argued a couple different ways. I mean, we've heard this in our lifetime, this idea of uploading your consciousness to the internet. Mm-hmm. I think when I hear something like that, I think of that as a copy. If I upload my consciousness onto the internet, I don't really think of it as me. But then there's also, like, what is a soul? And, like, how do you define a soul? And in this movie, a soul comes with being born into the world it's a part of being human and then if you subtract the human part from you you subtract the soul and i think the movie is presenting that a soul is more than just having been born as a human and that's what the puppet master comes to represent in the movie he's like i think that i am sold and i am telling you that i am i mean he was but he also wasn't which is why he wanted to merge with the major right because he's like i exist i was born but like i want to be able to reproduce and die as well yeah but that's because there is no structure to support something Mm -hmm. like that society doesn't view computers and artificial intelligence as having souls if this person is a human like they're not going to get treated as one you know there is no system to support them becoming a human or becoming something else something of a higher Mm -hmm. intelligence and then having all the rights that a human Mm -hmm. has Mm -hmm. well that's something that will have to be tackled once that happens do you think that's going to happen in our lifetime Uh, i hope it does i want to see it but i don't know it's gonna be bad like (laughs) (laughs) social justice side of it like just seeing how people are treating other people these days like can you imagine if like another humanoid enters the scene it would just be chaos i feel like Mm. which i don't want to see that part because that would just make me sad but i do want to see technology at that point maybe it's just like the scientist in me that it just likes seeing technology advance like as far as it's advancing it is scary for sure, especially when you watch it in, like, the context of these movies, which, you know, have some truth to them in, like, shedding light on, like, what could happen. I saw after the movie that there was, like, comparisons of Ghost in the Shell to The Matrix. It's often credited for, like, influencing other films like The Matrix. I guess I can see that. I mean, it did come a lot earlier on. Not that much earlier on. The Matrix came out in, like, 1999. Oh, really? And then this movie came out in... 1996. Did you ever watch the Scarlett Johansson Ghost in the Shell? No. I'm not interested in Western adaptions of animes. Cowboy Bebop just got canceled. Wait, like canceled, like woke canceled or like in the real terms canceled? (laughs) No, like literally canceled. (laughs) But so you're saying the live action got canceled? Yeah, already. But I mean, I'm not like crying over that or anything. I just think that it's a recent example of anime not being adapted very well. Yeah, I mean, is there even a good example of anime being adapted well? Uh, I can't think of one. 
either i'm not as big of an anime fan as you are Mm -hmm. i mean there are a lot of japanese adaptions of animes but they tend to also be kind of i don't want to say bad i think they're just not that popular Mm. a lot of the things that happen in anime don't flatter real world representation very well because there's usually like really fantastical elements and then a lot of those movies tend to be low budget and so they just look a bit awkward i mean i would say that in general for animation into live action Disney with a lot of the live action adaptations I don't think are do well just because I think there's so much more you can do with animation than you can do with live action Mm -hmm. yeah I agree so any other hot takes from Ghost in the Shell was there anything about this movie that you like um no Uh, you're gonna get us canceled uh, this is gonna be like a bootleg episode that no one can hear because everyone's gonna be mad at you oh man right now i can't think of anything that i that really stood out to me in the movie but to be fair i would probably like i want to rewatch it and like especially in the context of like the tv series that you mentioned too because i think i Mm -hmm. think i would like it i just like need i need more information and i think this movie really threw me off because it kind of just like tossed you in. I couldn't follow the plot. I couldn't follow the characters. And I think that was just like a setup for failure. Mm. And especially I think going in, knowing that you had such high praise for it and knowing that like a lot of people really like Ghost in the Shell probably just set up like too high of expectations for me. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. You wanted a fun romp. Nope. I was not mentally prepared for it. I mean, so like, I guess I would probably rate it low, but only because oh, this is my first experience. And so I would probably watch it and change my rating, but I would say like four out of 10 tarantula monster things whatever whatever was guarding the puppet master at the end (laughs) i forget what they're called Hmm. so you've watched it a couple times already so how would you rate it i would rate it pretty high but not that high like i would do like four or 4.5 out of five puppet masters but yeah i think it's like a really groundbreaking film i think one thing that i think about it is really successful is that it was coming at a time in animation where animation was trying to incorporate cgi more Hmm. i think beauty and the Beast had done it a couple years before and Miyazaki did it later that year or the next year with Princess Mononoke and that was a weird time for traditional animation trying to figure out how to embrace CGI and I feel like in this movie they embrace CGI really well and it really suited the theme of the movie and this like future world and like in the way that Motoko's cloak worked I felt like it was really seamless mm. and I felt like it really like elevated the film but yeah having watched it a couple times and remembering I felt very similar to you the first time I watched it I was really underwhelmed because this story is it's not very accessible for people who aren't already really familiar Mm. pretty highly rated but much much prefer the universe that you get to experience by watching the tv show Mm. well that's good to know then all right well that was a great conversation what a great conversation how great grand and great Mm -hmm. (laughs) should we pick our next movie then ah yes it is my turn I shall pick the movie. Yes, it is an art movie. <laughs> okay, got the number. And we will be watching Mr. Turner. Mr. Turner. This looks serious. It's a biopic. Should we guess what the movie will be about? Yeah, go ahead. Let me pull up what I picked to you. So 
<laughs> is he a painter? Yeah, I would take it from this image. His poster image is him doing a, a, an expressive paintbrush in front of him, almost as if you, the viewer, are the canvas and he is painting you. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. All right, I'm going to guess, based on literally nothing, because that title is nothing, this painter is the main character, and he, he has a troubled past, and he is discovered by a rich man named Mr. Turner, who turns out to be riddled with crime himself. Mm, really projecting a lot of crime into this. <laughs> I was going to say, um, I've never seen a biopic, so I actually don't know <laughs> what the context of this movie is going to be like. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you want to guess what it's about, or do you already know? Yeah, I guess it's about a painter from a certain period a long time ago who probably does like really reprehensible things by our standards for sure, but by then I bet he's just like a real not nice guy, but his genius is just so appreciated that uh, he gets a pass and everybody loves him, even though he does terrible, terrible things. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is too true these days. Mm-hmm. All right, Mr. Turner. Okay, well, this has been great. You've been great. You've all been great. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. to that episode hope you enjoyed it uh spoiler alert the episode is over (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't a bad thing (laughs) that's a good point make sure you follow us on all our social medias we're on twitter instagram and tiktok our handles are good Kempod on all those Mm -hmm. and we are also now on all podcasting services we're on spotify itunes apple music apple podcasts and we're also on google podcasts yeah and iHeartRadio. so please like subscribe rate us make sure you give us feedback we have been getting feedback lately and i think maybe at the end of the season we'll do a little recap you may have noticed by now that these episodes are recorded a little bit in advance so we'll be catching up slowly and surely to real time if you want to send us feedback we are at goodchempod at gmail.com tell us about what you thought about the movies if you watched them or not Mm -hmm. write to us Tell us things, anything, anything. You got a secret? You want us to know it? You can tell us. You're always very good at keeping my secrets. Am I? I am very bad at keeping secrets, actually. Really? I've gotten better. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's because I spread secrets to fun groups that don't know each other. Oh, I see. You, like, get your kick by by, by (laughs) telling strangers about other strangers. Yes, yes. That used to be me. I'm a little better now because I don't want people spreading my secrets, so I get it. Mm. Okay, until next time, guys. Bye. See you next week. Bye.